Bung Bung. Welcome to the party is brought to you by Bung Bung Coffee, man. You know, and you know what it is. Bung Bung Coffee is this delicious modern dark roast of South American style beans. You know, you're talking Honduras, Peru, Brazil, Colombia. And this shit is absolutely delicious. It is silky. It slides down your throat. No, Bruno. This is just some, you know, this is this is a well-researched, well-thought-out piece of art. Edible art, drinkable art, really. It, you know, it not only opens your mind to explore the creativity of man and how someone can come up with something so flavorful, so wholesome, with so much body, let alone what that does to open up the rest of your life. If you're if you're out there really contemplating the thoughtfulness of man, you can come up with your own shit. It opens up your own creativity, your own ingenuity, your own pathways to success. And that's bung bung coffee. If you want to be successful, you got to drink it. If you don't, hey, and if you don't drink it, you're basically admitting you don't want to be successful. You want to be a failure. You want to be in debt. You want to work as a, not a, not a not a real barista, but a Starbucks barista, which is basically just a homeless person um, uh, hopped up on caffeine. Okay, Starbucks. Hey, no disrespect to baristas, but full disrespect to Starbucks baristas. Okay, you don't want to work for a coffee chain, bruh. Gloria Jeans. No offense, but yes, offense. Okay, yes, offense to anybody that's not bung bung coffee. Do you feel me? Understand this, you drink Bung Bung Coffee, shit's going to get real for you real quick. So get to bungbungcoffee.com, enter promo code PODDY, that's P-O-D-D-Y, P-O-D-D-Y, for 15% off all orders, all orders, no minimum spend, no maximum spend, 15% off all orders. And you could, you know, you could really change shit up. It'll change your love life, it'll change your professional life, it'll change your level of athleticism. It'll change how quick you are on, you know, on the mic, you know, or on the ones and twos. If you're scratching, getting those fingers gone, you know, and you know, if you really want those fingers to be gone for things that's not DJing, that's up to you. That's your prerogative, but it'll fix your vocab up too. You understand? I'm on, I'm on four bung bung coffees for the day, and now I'm saying words like prerogative, bungbungcoffee.com. Enter promo code party for 15% off all orders. And if you don't like, and that's how you can support the podcast, man. 15, you get 15% off and welcome to the party gets 15% of, of your order. So that's a win-win. That's a win for you. That's a win for us. And it's a win for Bung Bung Coffee because they get a little bit of bread too. And by they, I mean me. That's my brand. But here's what it is. If you don't, Drink coffee and you want to support the show, you can just go to welcometothepotty.com and go to the store page and buy some of this sweet, soft merch. This merch is so sweet and soft, everyone's been calling it fairy floss. You feel me? It's so butter soft that if you if you heat it up and put it on bread, that bread is going to be pretty easy to you know rip down the middle. It's so soft, dude. That if it falls over and grazes its knees, it's going to cry straight away. You know, before the pain sets in, that motherfucker's going to start crying. That's how you know how soft this t-shirt is. Okay? This, this t-shirt's so soft when it tries to tail whip a scooter. You know, the, the bottom part of the scooter only goes like 180 degrees. Because that motherfucking shirt is so soft. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, we got golf merch, we got your standard streetwear merch. Get in there. Welcome to the party merch is dope. It's hot. It gets you meowshes, you know. Or or it gets you, you know, couple couple points added to your handicap or, or subtracted. I don't know what's good and what's bad really, but just do it. Welcome to the potty.com slash store. Buy some merch to support the show. And if you're not buying merch, you better be just Telling a friend to tell a friend about what we do here. Let's grow this bitch. Let's start the show. Welcome to Welcome to the Party. Best show on the internet. Ask anybody. 
You know it's easy money, sit back, relax, get your headphones, everybody. Welcome to Welcome to the Party, Blackout in the booth, every episode's a party. We go hard like Ricky Bobby, tell a friend to tell a friend, this is Welcome to the Party. Welcome to the Party, Bung Bung, it's your man Clay Tron, aka the Big Boss Man, aka the Clumsy Jeweler, because I'm always dropping gems, aka the Milkman, because I always deliver, aka the PhD of podcasting, the Magnum PR podcast, and the Captain, the, um... The Maroon 4 of podcasting. Because we're breaking up with Adam Levine for cheating on us. You feel me? It's been a big weekend for celebrities cheating on their girls. You know? Adam Levine and his wife is like an absolute just saint. Okay? I don't know her personally, but she, I mean, she looks like she's from heaven. That's for sure. And uh, Adam Levine... You know, he's been doing lots of text messages to, like, Instagram yamches and all that. So, he's on some wild shit. And, that I mean, that's the ego for you, man. That's the male ego just really taking control and just, like, thinking you can just get away with whatever you want because, you you know, because you're, you're all, you, you just rock walk around rocking no shirt and shit and your body's all tatted up and you think you're sexy. You look like a fuck boy. And now, look what you've done you've acted like one too and that's what i used to say was look good feel good play good dress for success in other words and this motherfucker dressed like a fuck boy guess what he started acting like a foie a foie bois. and a lot of people think that foie gras is you know something they used to torture geese into being delicious and fat but it's also slang for fuck boy foie gras. so that's you know that's that's your French lesson for today, man. But yeah, that motherfucker's out there just talking to chicks about their bodies on Instagram. He released a statement saying, you know, he he made mistakes and he's working on his marriage, but he did not have an affair. Then I saw someone tweet, flirting is cheating. I'm going to listen up, bitch. <laughs> I'm going to disagree with you on that. Flirting is not cheating, bro. You got to flirt. You gotta flirt in order not to cheat. That's the way I see it. You get that you get that fake sexual energy out by flirting, and then you realize, oh shit, I actually didn't actually feel like fucking anyway. Sometimes you gotta flirt. Some people have a work wife. And we'll get to that in a minute, but you know, some people have a work wife or a work crush or a um just a female friend that they're not really interested in banging. Well, they, they are, but they say they're not. But they'll just flirt with them. Some people flirt with their own brothers or sisters, which is wild for the night, bro. And I've seen this. I've seen this. I've seen these. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a single child, so forgive me, for, forgive me for my ignorance. But I don't think you should be flirting with your siblings. And, hey, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm fucking crazy, man. But I think if you're... If you're all like huggy and tickly with your sibling, you need straight up therapy, bro. Frontier psychiatrist, man. You cannot be tickling your siblings when you're 30. You've seen that episode of Friends. It's wild. And I've seen this in person. I've seen people with mommy issues, daddy issues. Dude, I've had, I've got an ex-girlfriend and this isn't narrowing the search down. I've had many girlfriends, so I'm not really calling anyone out too specifically but i've had it i've got an ex-girlfriend that used to be far too cuddly with her dad and they had cute little nicknames for each other i cannot say what they were because that's how you can you know people end up knowing that they're getting talked about but you need to drop that shit oh oh you think you're gonna just call your dad daddy as well cut it cut it or i'm out I hear that shit one more time. I'm out. You know that shit's a sicko shit, man. There's an age where you change, where you we cut the suffix off of daddy, and it just goes to dad. Same with mommy. You 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 want to see a 35 year old man calling his mother mommy? That shit is real sicko shit, Brian. I've seen it, and I've seen mother. I've seen people call their mum's mother like on the movies and shit. No. Cut it out. Cut that shit 
out, bro. You got to really, that's why you got to flirt with people that's not related to you, okay? And maybe, you know, maybe you live on a really small island. I happen to live in Australia, which is a large island. There's mad people here that's not my family. I can flirt with almost anyone I want. But if you live on a real small island like Tasmania or New Zealand or, you know, like, Indonesia, most of the people you speak with are related to you and you're going to flirt yourself into a disabled child. That's all I'm saying, man. That's all I'm, you know, you got to be careful with geography sometimes because that can, you know, you can't just flirt with people that's only within a two-kilometer radius of your home, bro. You need to leave the radius. Sometimes you need to, you know, cross state lines. And like I said, I'm pretty lucky to be in Australia and I've got, you know, pretty much free reign. And both my parents aren't even from here. So that helps. But like there's a there's a few of you guys listening that have definitely like hooked up with a di- distant cousin and don't even know it. You don't even know it. And some of you do know it because then you ended up with a kid with six fingers. And you're putting it down to like, oh, isn't, you know, life crazy what it throws at you? And it's like, yeah, it threw one of your cousins at you. You didn't have to fuck it. <laughs> you know? That's all I'm saying is you gotta get your sexual energy out. And flirting is not cheating. That's all I'm trying to say. In short, flirting's not cheating. But if you if you let shit get ahead of you and you're flirting with your work wife, you might end up banging her by accident. Because sometimes flirting not only lets the energy out, but it lets, if they flirt back, it lets their energy in. And then your ego starts sending blood to your cock. And your cock says, your cock starts pointing to all the like supply closets and stuff in the in the office or the workplace that, that you know is empty and, and starts saying like, this is where we need to start meeting up and shit like that so you need to be real careful of that as well and who wasn't careful Ime Udoka the head coach of the Boston Celtics husband of Nia Long and if you don't know who Nia Long is man well one that's unforgivable and two she's Cuba Gooding Jr.'s girlfriend in in Boys in the Hood and you're like oh you want to go back to Boys in the Hood I'll tell you this I think she's 52 years old right now and I leave my family for her there. I said it. And that's, if you're listening there, DM me and we'll sort out a way for me to escape whatever, you know, my whole situation here and I'll come find you. But, um, man, she is like the black Jennifer Aniston. Like Jennifer Aniston still looks good, but Nia Long looks better. I've started to shift away from Jennifer Aniston, especially because I watched that morning show shit that she's on. Um, and she's a real cunt in it. So, I mean, that just means she's kind of a good actor though. Cause, cause you know, to make me who loves you, like really turn on you means you really have some talent, which kind of turns me on even more. So now I'm back on with Jennifer Anderson, but nah, Neil Long, Neil Long is like long-term, Neil Long-term. You got like, she's got longevity to it, Neil Longevity. Okay, she's really out there for the long haul looking flawless. You know? Um, some would even say that she looks. Um, hold on, we got to find the right sound button. Sensational. There it is. Um, bro, I watched Wolf of Wall Street again the other night. Okay, Margot Robbie. <laughs> Are you fucking serious? And she's from, she's from this large island, Australia. We produce the goods, man. We produce the goods. There's some bad bitches in Australia, bro. But they're all expats. The baddest bitches in Australia always leave somewhere else. They're like, I I belong somewhere cooler. New York, I fucking love, like, New York. I love everything about it. It's like, what do you love about it? It's like, just like, just like fucking everything. You know, yeah, what specifically 
do you like about this place that you want to shut the fuck up about? It's like, um, you know, like fucking Soho. I was like, do you know what Soho stands for? And then they look at you like that. They don't even respond to you. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, I thought you were retarded. From the moment I met you, I thought you were retarded, you know? But you're hot, so it's forgivable. You know, that's a, this, this is the type of, you know, nonsense we go through sometimes as a, you know, just social interactions with beautiful people. Beautiful people are often idiots. I've, I've gone over this before. You don't need to develop any type of personality if you're beautiful because people just feed you just ego juice for your whole life and be like, oh, do you want a job? Are you qualified? No, but here, here it is. Have a job. Have a job in real estate. The most underqualified and overpaid profession of all time. Here you go. Have a job. You don't even have your certificate, but have a job. You're good looking. You know? What's that? Selling Sunset? You think any of them actually studied real estate? Have you heard those morons talk? Absolute mongoloids, man. And then they just have fights all day. So then they brought cameras in and people were like, look at these bad bitches selling houses, getting mad at each other over like God knows what. Who had the bigger party or like didn't get invited to like someone's eighth engagement or whatever. And it's like, dude. I thought you were still with Ricky. Why would I go to your engagement with, you know, Ron? And it's like, well, if I invited you to my engagement with Ron, of course I'm not with Ricky. It's like, who the fuck's Ron? I thought you were still with Ricky. And then you're sitting there watching it like, how did I get roped into watching this shit? So Ime Adoka, (laughs) Ime Adoka cheated on Nia Long is what I'm trying to say. Okay, with a woman allegedly that is on the staff at the Boston Celtics, and there's there's been some some pictures throw, floating around about about you know who are these women that work for the Boston Celtics, and there was a picture that I saw. I don't know. It's all on source here at the Welcome to the Potty podcast. But there was three chicks, two black chicks, one white chick. X the white chick out. She looked terrible, bruh. And I, you know, you know, I'm usually pretty sensitive. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the white chick, she, you know, she looked like shit, honestly. And then the two black chicks, there was one that was wearing like a tight dress, but she looked like she drank probably a six pack a night. She didn't look great and she wasn't pregnant for all I know. It's all I saw here at the Welcome to the Potty podcast. But it wasn't a good look. That's all I'm saying. And then the one that it comes down to, like, would you or would you not cheat on Nia Long for it? No, you wouldn't. But like, if that's your, if that's the only option to flirt with in the office, like you for sure flirt with her. But here's the issue is like, you you put that energy out there, you got to be prepared for that energy to come back. And it sounds like it came back. Check out how wild this shit is, though. It sounds like she was, like, when Nia Long moved out to Boston or was preparing to move out for Boston, this chick that was getting fucked on the side, she was the one organizing this shit and, like, speaking to Nia on the phone. That is diabolical shit, man. Diabolical, man. Um, We got it. Sensational. It is sensational levels of diabolicalism. Um... Yeah, I think that's all right. That's a good one. But that's that is a wild, wild move by that chick, man. It's like just like what the fuck? I think you know. I think Adoka has a child, even with Nia Long and dude. I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of, you know, there's silver linings to everything. Nia Long obviously settled with Adoka. I don't think he's a good-looking guy. Rachel does. Um, you know, he's a bit salt and peppery, which is, you know, apparently good thing, which is dope for men. Men get to go gray and be hot. And 
you know, it's crazy that women think that they don't look good gray. Because I've, you know, many women I've seen with gray hair that I've been like into. I had a girlfriend, and this is a different one, who did, the, who she dyed her own hair gray. She did that one when that was cool. I thought that was hot, you know. And I've met Nicholas Borea face to face. And, you know, maybe, you know, maybe my wiener started po- pointing to empty rooms and shit. Who knows? It's all on source here at the Welcome to the Potty podcast. But Nicholas Sporia looks as good in real life as she does on TV. Maybe better. Maybe better because real life is a little bit, little less HD than a television. And that's for real. TV is more HD than real life. Think about that for a second. I'm going to let you sit on that egg till it hatches. Um... Yeah, motherfucker. Oh, yeah, and this Adam Levine, we're bouncing. We're bouncing between two just horny dudes. And by the way, do you, are they on pills or something? Like, are they taking blue pills? Because I haven't had this type of energy in my body for ages, and these motherfuckers are just out here just banging. Banging, bro. But um, Adam Levine's ta- telling one of these bitches, like, Oh, I want to name my kid after you. Is that crazy? Yeah, it's pretty wild to name your kid after an Instagram bitch, Adam. Come on, son. Fuck is you talking about, say. Good boy, say. Well, fuck is out here wilding, bro, but that's, it's just classic, man. You know, Jay-Z cheated on Beyonce and Jay-Z looks like, you know, a, 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 a piece of shit really he looks like shit i was trying to think of something more creative but like all i can picture when i look at jay-z is that it's a big log man you know this is you know this is the reason i don't i can't get guests on the podcast because most people ever the whoever existed have been talked shit about on this show but that's okay man i'm just trying to figure out like, because they, they say this thing. They say this thing. Show me the, you know, the baddest bitch in the world and I'll show you the nigga that's tired of fucking her. And I understand that sentiment. There's nothing more exciting than new pussy. But sometimes you don't always need to just... Sometimes the thought of it has to be exciting enough. Okay? You can't be, you know, Monogamy, is it natural, is it not? Are we only meant to reproduce and then continue on? Who knows? We don't know. We have never seen the blueprint to man. But we know what the social norms are and we know the agreement we get into when we decide to wife somebody up. So you can't just be fucking, you know, subpar bitches because they work near you. Geography is a crazy thing. That's what I'm saying. Just someone is near you so you decide that they're fuckable, man. It's nuts. And that's why people start fucking family members by accident. You know, like, stepsister porn and shit? Like, can you imagine the amount of, like, like teenage boys during the pandemic that stopped going to school, stopped seeing chicks that he wasn't related to? And he's living at home with his, his dad and his stepmom and his stepsister and the stepmom and the stepsister are both hot. And he's like, I'm not supposed to think that, but I do. And my dick's hot all the time, even when I'm just thinking about mathematics. And so every day he's on Pornhub searching stepson, step, stepmom, stepsister and stepson or whatever pornos. Just spraying loads all up under his desk. Because he doesn't have a glass desk like me because he doesn't have money like me. He's he's a poor motherfucker with gum under his wooden desk, you know? Beating off to half family members. But that's just proximity. That's that's proximity that's making him think like that. And that's what happened to Ima Doka. But that's kind of what's happening to Adam Levine, like proximity in his phone. He's just got bitches. He's just scrolling through Instagram and it's just tits and legs and backs and nice nails on the on the hands and the feet. Butts. You know, not so much pussy on Instagram, but if he wants it, he'll ask for it. That's all he's got to do. He sees the tease, sends a DM like, man, can you send me a picture of that box? 
They send it. Now look at him. He looks wild. They're memeing his text messages. I've never seen a text message get memed. That's how you know your game has so much shame to it. And I have to I have to say that I'm proud of my game and I've got no shame in my game. My game got me Rachel and my kid. So my game I mean if I tried to go out today and pick up a chick, I'd probably crash and burn, honestly. I can't, I can't I can't have the game that I used to have with the body that I have now. It's disgusting, dude. I look like a tub of mayonnaise, honestly. Half, you know, half empty. Even though the the shape of the tub doesn't doesn't change, like it's kind of still grosser to think of a half empty tub of mayonnaise. Do you know what I mean? And that's what I am. It's disgusting, bro. My body is an absolute mess. And instead of working out, I'm here entertaining you guys. Maybe, maybe entertaining. Maybe <laughs> many people, many people probably turned this off when I started talking about incest. But <clears throat> that's fine, dude. That's that's why we're here. We're here to talk shit about people. But let's move on from these, you know, depraved lunatics, too too rich and too famous for their own good, and let's talk about some poor people with. With no with no fame, well, you know, limited fame to their game, and that's me. That's me. Limited limited notoriety, you know, like a thousand followers. That's decent, you know. That's that's what we're doing over here, which is cool. Out of a thousand subscribers, I think maybe maybe ten percent are left after the incest, the incest talk. So, um. What was I going to... Oh, yeah, man. Obviously, this is a family podcast. You can play this in front of your kids. <laughs> um, but I've been playing golf. So now this is really going to be more of a golf and family and parenting podcast. So you come here for all your parenting advice, your golf tips, because, you know, I'm the man. I'm the man at everything. I'm the best parent in the world. I'm the, one, of the, one of the illest golfers, as you'll come to find out. I've got two golf games under my belt since the last episode of the Welcome to the Potty podcast. First one, played my best round yet. I was still like 36 over, but that's, I mean, that's the level I'm at. I'm not great. I'm not great. Uh, but that was, it was exhilarating. Most of my, most of my shots were bogeys. And then I had some crazy holes, which were just, you know, I went to a, I actually went to school with a girl whose nickname was Crazy Holes and that that was there was a reason for that. But yeah, there was some crazy holes where I, you know, you get like seven or eight on like a par three and it's like, fuck, kill me now, you know. But like, yeah, I got a lot of bogeys, which was nice, some double bogeys, some, you know, just some night some nightmares, I think is the official name for some of them. And that was with a few friends. One of my friends, Watsy. Man, this guy, he's like a golf prodigy, man, and he's just like, I think he was, I think he shot like 12 over or something, and it's like, what? Like, how could you, like, I've literally had holes where I've shot 12 over. This motherfucker went 12 over on a whole day of golf. Like, what are we doing? You know, it was a fucking, like, and it's cool. It's cool. It's actually cool to see something like to be out there with someone that knows how to hit a ball. But it's also like, it's also embarrassing because then you've got to go and hit a ball after he's just hit one. But that was good. That was a good day. Then I went out. I went on a holiday, which I'm gonna I'm gonna break down the holiday too. But I went on a holiday and I played a, I played a uh, nine holes by myself. Now the plan was to play eighteen. I went to Port Vincent, which is on the um, York Peninsula. It's about two hours out of Adelaide where I live, okay, two hours. But it's two and a half hours if you take South Road at five o'clock in the afternoon um, because that motherfucking road is a joke, okay? So, um, yeah, it took two and a half hours to get there. 
which was just just a nightmare. Anyway, we get there, get on the piss a little bit, and I was like, I'm getting up early tomorrow morning to play golf. So good night, everybody. I went to bed. And it was with Rachel's one of Rachel's like best friends and, and her husband and their uh their toddler and newborn baby. So there's three kids, four adults, but two kids are like babies, so they don't even matter. You know, like they're they're too easy to take care of. So it was good. It was good, man. So I went to bed early, got up early, and I went to Port Vincent Golf Course thinking I'm gonna go play eighteen, solo dolo, and um so that's what I went to do. And I get there and the view is unbelievable. This golf course is at the top of a cliff and you're just looking out to the ocean. It was just like, it was the calmest I've ever felt. And I was considering putting in like, um, uh, like, you know, my AirPods to listen to podcasts or music or whatever. And I just didn't. Like, I just, it was just too much serenity to take in, man. Shout out to, you know, the castle. <laughs> So I'm walking around the course like, how's the serenity? You know, I tee off. I tee off on the first hole and my ball just fucking launches. It goes straight up, straight ahead, bang. I'm about 15 metres off the green. I said, this is fucking going to be a good day. I'm going to get out my pitching wedge. I'm going to knock it onto the green and I'm going to par out on this first hole. When I start walking down the fairway, I come to realise this course has not been mowed in probably what I would what I would guess is about six weeks. This grass was long on the fairway. Uh, and it was a wet morning, so I'm walking through in my Air Max 90s, which are like, you know, they're very, they're, they've got like a mesh over the top, so like, we're 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 two minutes into to this golf day, and my feet are absolutely fucking saturated. And I get to my ball, and I'm like in the rough, but I'm actually on the fairway, but I'm in the rough, and I'm like, okay, okay. And I go to I go to whack my ball out of the rough, which is actually the fairway because it's a perfect shot, and. Um, I topped it, and if you top a ball in the rough, I've got some friends listening right now laughing, friends that know golf. They're laughing at me. They're like, oh, no, he topped it in the rough. You know what that means? There's a there's a shot there's a shot in golf called the Kathy, Kathy Freeman, and they call it that because it, it doesn't look good, but it's running, you know? And that means you can top a ball and it'll just it'll roll at least. It's just not getting airborne. But if you top a ball in the rough, it's gonna go. It's not gone far, depending on how hard you hit. And like I said, I was about fifteen meters off the green, so I didn't hit it hard. So it rolled about three and a half meters in the rough because I topped it. So you can imagine, I'm four minutes into um, my serenity golf day, cursing the golf gods, cursing the groundskeeper. Um, killing, you know, shitting blood down my own pant legs, uh, wishing I was dead. Okay. So I'm, t- I'm, I've got two, two strokes and now I'm about, uh, 12, 11, 12 meters away from the hole. I really, I get under it this time and it, it lands on the green. What color is the green? Black. Yeah. Yeah, the green is made out of sand or like gravel. Yeah. Yeah, dude. You think I'm fucking playing with you? The fairway is rough and the green is a fucking bunker, dude. And it's been raked in a circular motion. So like, it's just like bumpy as fuck. So dude, I built it. I was on the... I was probably on the green, maybe three meters away from the hole. I fucking belted the shit out of this ball with my putter and didn't even get to the hole. Didn't even get there, dude. And I ended up with like, I think I ended up with a a five on that hole on a par three. 
Okay, I think I two putted. No, maybe I think it was a six. I think I three putted it. I think I got a six on a par three hold, and this was the easiest hole of the day. This hole was about a hundred meters. Next hole, I walked to the fucking tee box. It's a four hundred ninety meter hole. I can't even see the pin or the flag for all you virgins out there. I can't even see it. And I tee off, and um. Perfect. I used my driver and it fucking went straight and I couldn't see the ball wherever it landed and I went to go find it. I'm fucking saturated up to my shins at this point. This is the second hole. I'm fucking saturated. I'm shivering. And I go to where I think my ball landed and I just cannot see anything. I cannot see anything, dude. It is... That, like, the whole course is rough. So I'm just dropping balls. I'm doing drops off of, like, perfect drives. I have to drop balls because I can't find my ball. I lost I lost maybe 10 balls this day on nine holes. I, I was And like I said, I was planning to play 18. I played nine because I was like, I cannot put myself through this for another nine holes, especially, like... The holes on average for the day, I reckon, were 400 metres. It was a long course. It was beautiful. Like, if it was manicured, I'm sure it is, like, in the warmer months, it'd be a beautiful course. And I think I'll go back there and play it. I might even bring Boardman with me. Or maybe not. I mean, Boardman's still trying to get the ball off the ground. He's not going to enjoy a course. Uh, He's not going to enjoy a long course like that. But, um. Nah, I don't know, man. It it was crazy. And then there was on the ninth, yeah, ninth hole was a cliff, a cliff ball. So you're up. I don't know what the elevation was. I'm not very good at being able to tell these things. Maybe oh, twenty meters of elevation, maybe more. I'm maybe I'm underestimating it, but you're higher. Yeah, probably more than twenty meters. But let's call it twenty. Um, and you're hitting down. So I didn't, like, the the T thing tells you how far away you are, right? And if you're hitting down, you don't need to hit as long. So you can use, like, a, a, a higher number club, right? But um, the fucking pressure of hitting off a cliff, I've never, I've never struggled more to tee off. I lost about five balls on this on this hole because just the pressure of hitting off of a, off the top of a mountain instead of just hitting it like at whatever level you're at just fucked my head up and I couldn't hit the ball. So yeah, I ended up, I ended up having an absolute nightmare and playing nine holes and um, that was that. So that was my first day at Port Vincent was Port Vincent golf horse. And that was, I think I left the house at like 7.30 and I think I was back by 10, you know? And that sounds like a long time, but like these were long holes. Like playing 18 would have taken would have taken quite some time. Um Yeah, but I mean it was still fun, man. I just I, I'm loving golf at the moment, man. I'm so keen. I want to like I'm always looking at like more equipment to buy and shit. I don't even really need much, um, but I just keep looking at shit. So I get it. I get like, I was talking to a friend of the show, Corey Maynard, about this guy that he knows that like buys like a new driver every year. And I was like, why would you need to do that, man? Like, like it's not going to fucking change your game or anything, you know? And I've been using this driver like not much. And now I'm, I'm like looking at clubs. I'm looking at, new bags and shit. It's like, what? I barely even use... My shit is... It's over there in the corner. It is flawless, man. Like, that shit looks like it's still in the store. I'm looking at new shit that I don't need. I know I don't need it, so I'm not going to get it. But there's some stuff. You know, you want to get new... Um, Like, my glove My glove looks crazy now because I've, I've been using it so much, so I want to get a new glove already. I need to get a new buggy. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just like, it's fun. I fucking love golf. I fucking love it. Um, and I've got, you know, I've got new friends with that have 
been buying their golf gear. Um, Janos, he's not quite a friend of the show yet. I need to get him on at some stage. But he, um, he's he been in here while I've recorded. I was lit. You guys might even remember that episode. But he was in here and so was um was another friend of ours, Dylan, just watching me just like just be an absolute menace. It was embarrassing, but it's still out there on the internet for, for me to get cancelled one day. And, um, uh, yeah, so he's got some, Corey's got some, Boardman's got some, Jackson, he's a friend of the show, he's got some, um, my cop friend who I try not to name because, um, you know, one day, one day he might give me some juicy stuff for the show. So I don't want to, um, I don't like naming him. Um, but he's got some man, you know, Watsy, who I named earlier. He's, you know, having lunch with Tiger Woods right now, I think. Um, yeah, we're, we're out here. We got, we got some boys out here trying to play golf, man. It's sick. Fucking love it, man. It's such a, it's such a dope thing to do when your body doesn't work anymore and you can just, you can just do this instead of dunking on cats. Um, but yeah, let's talk about Port Vincent. So yeah, the first day I went to the golf course. Then when I got back, um, I think it was that day. Yeah, it was when we got back. Well, when I got back, I, um, we took the boat out that same day. That was a hectic day, man. Playing nine holes and then helping set up the boat and take the boat out and all that. That was a hectic day. But we did that with the help of um, Rachel's friend's husband um, who he just, he, I don't know, he's a bit more of a manly man than me. He knows how to do boats and um, fly planes and all types of shit, man. And I'm just like, Oh, mate, I'm just going to play golf in the morning. You know, it's fucking stupid. But he, uh, yeah, he showed me how to, like, do some of this boat stuff. And Well, he didn't really show me, but I watched him do it. So we did that. Um, and then once we got out of the, the water, well, yeah, put got the boat out. Well, we left the boat in the water because we're going to use it again. But, um. We drank, we drank after that because he didn't want to drink while, you know, in charge of the boat because it's not his boat, so he doesn't want to fuck it up, you know. But it was awesome, man. Like, on the golf course, I saw two bunnies, you know, and they're pests apparently, but they're cute to me. Um, and then in the ocean, we caught three squid on that first day. We saw three dolphins and they just like followed the boat around. They were swimming under us and popping up next to us. It was beautiful, man. It was beautiful. And then we get back to the, like, you know, the mooring and all that. And there's all these seals posted up on the fucking um, thing, on the rocks around the mooring. Oh, it was beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful, man. And, you know, I caught one of the squid. I caught one of the squid. So that made me feel like a bit, bit manly. It made me feel like I could provide for us, you know. So that was nice. That was really nice. Um, we come back in, you know, we start getting on the piss. That was good. So that was, this was Thursday. This was Thursday. Friday was tough. It was, the weather wasn't great. So um, we had... We just chilled at the crib most of the day. That day, took the dogs out, do all that shit. The dogs came with us on the holiday, which was nice. Um, uh, Saturday, we watched the footy, man. So let's just uh, hold on. I've lost. I've lost what I'm doing. I've lost what I'm doing here, guys. It was AFL Grand Final on Saturday. So we take the boat out first thing in the morning and, um, oh, dude, I've missed, I've missed so much stuff. 
we'll play. We'll have to replay the sports theme song. Okay. So Thursday was was the first day. So Thursday, I went golfing, come back, and the girls went to the shops and got us ingredients to make scones because that was the public holiday for the dead queen. Um, so they were like, let's do scones. And I made the scones, dude. And I lit that shit up. Everyone thought I was the dopest nigga alive. Okay. I'm out here. I went and played nine holes dolo. Come back early enough to start looking after my kid instead of just leaving Rach in bed all like instead of leaving Rach with him all day. I got the kid in one hand, I got a fucking spoon in the other. I'm mixing it up, you know? And ever you know, I'm a fucking hero, apart from not knowing how to put boats in the water. But that's fine. Okay, so we do scones, we do all this, you know, queen shit. They got a coffee machine there too. I forgot to bring the bung bung, but that's fine. We had Victoria. You know? Oh shit. Oh shit. That's how Victoria can be sometimes. No, nah, it was fine. Um and we did yeah, did all that shit. Okay. Scott like the you know, the news is still talking about the queen. It's like, yeah, she's still dead. We get it. She's still gonna be dead. It's king, it's time for the king, you know? Anyway, Friday, chill day, Saturday, AFL grand final day. All right, we get back. So we take the boat out first thing in the morning because, um, we, you know, we don't want to miss any of the game. We go out and we go squidding. It's it's too late for squidding. you got to go first thing in the morning or like at dusk, right? We were out at like... I don't know, 9.30. Um, I've had a coffee already before we get out, so I've decided it's time for beers. It's fucking AFL grand final day. You can't judge me, right? Phone just died. Um, so so I'm on a beer. I, I, I decided to wet a line. I'm like, I'm going to have a crack at squid even though there's no, you know, there's no squid out here. Guess what? Boss man pulls in a squid. We've got entrees. We've got entrees, fellas. Easy money. So anyway, we go back. We um, we get the boat off the water. We drive the boat back to the, the beach house. And I'm telling you, when I say beach house, I mean you look out the front window and you, you see ocean, baby. Ocean. Ocean's 11. You're just out there looking at George Clooney, Brad Pitt. It's dope. So we, the Friday before, the day before the grand final, the chill day, um, Rachel's friend and her partner and the, and their kids took off. They went and they gave us a bit of a day to recover because, you know, fucking hanging out with a toddler is pretty hectic for a full day, which was Thursday. So Friday they took off, gave us some space. They picked up some oysters, and I was telling them, like, I'm the I'm I'm the shuck lord. I'm a shucking legend, you know. I, I'll shuck an oyster from here to Timbuktu. I don't give a shuck, you know. Go shuck yourselves, but don't, because I'll do it. Because I'm the fucking I'm the shucking god, you know. And I'm talking all this this shuck shit. And um, Friday night when they get back, we we decide to have some oysters with our with our squid. I'm shucking, I'm shucking hard, man, quick. I'm fucking... I'm all shucking, I'm shucking hard, dude, without a glove and without like a uh, uh, tea towel or nothing to protect me. And I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm really steaming. I'm getting pissed while I'm shucking and... I fucking stab myself in the head, man. I stab myself in the mother shucking hand... Um, hold on, where's the sound? Here it is. And now I, uh, like, it's healed at, like, super speed. Like, you remember remember that show, uh, Heroes? Maybe, maybe not. It was pretty whack. Hayden Panettiere or whatever her name is, Panettiere. Let's, let's give her a goo, man. 
we got to give her a goog. I don't know how to say her name. And why would you call your daughter Hayden? Hayden Pan- Panettiere. Panettiere. She's, you know, she's kind of hot. How do you, um, can you say pronunciation? Uh, pronunciation. Hey done Panettiere. Let's uh, press play here. Hayden Panettiere. Panettiere. Oh, is that easy? Hayden Panettiere. And she looks all right, man. She's cute. She's tiny. But she used to have um, healing powers on that show. And I think I've got that. My hand, I went so fucking deep. Flesh was like spilling out of it. And she, it, it was sick. Rachel couldn't look at it. I wrapped it up in a tea towel as hard as I could and like put pressure on it to stop the bleeding. Uh, like once I, you know, I washed it first. When I washed it, it started leaking, bro, everywhere. I wrap it up. It's looking good. And I just keep pressure on it for like hours. I take it up and it's not bleeding, but it looks fucked. You know, I got flesh coming out and all this shit. We put betadine on it. We band-aid it up. We wrap it. Next morning, well, that night, actually, the Friday night, I can't sleep. I've gone on to Dr. Google and I'm like, how, you know, should you see a doctor if you, you know, cut your hand shucking? And they're just like, yeah, man, like you're going to get this this virus. It's called like Varuna's, you know, Ilgauskas or whatever. And I, I look at my hand and, well, I didn't look at my hand because it was um, wrapped, but I'm, I'm, I'm nervous, man. I'm drunk. I'm nervous. And I'm like, oh, shit. It's like you're going to get this Zadrunas Ilgauskas virus. And um, if you don't get antibiotics within the one to five hours, it's highly likely you're going to need to get your hand amputated or whatever. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? I'm fucking freaking out. So, you know, I go to sleep. I wake up. My hand's not throbbing or nothing. I unwrap it and I get some tweezers. And I peel, I peel up a flap of skin and I can see like some oyster shell in there. And I'm like, fuck, we got to get this. And I went to grab it and it was just like searing pain. Remember when um in 127 hours starring um James Franco, when he breaks his arm and then he, he has to cut through his nerves and shit. And the, the sound it makes when he's cutting through his nerves, it's like... That's what it felt like when I touched my flesh with those tweezers. It just went like, and I was like, fuck, I can't do it. I can't do it. I soaked my hand for a while to see if maybe like it would come loose. I couldn't see that it had come loose. And I was like, I'm not touching it with those tweezers again. Um, We just got to see what happens. So I wrapped it back up. Um, And now, dude, I'm Hayden Panettiered up. Look at this. That's all healed, man. And I'm telling you, this motherfucker was so deep. It was sick. And I think I like cut something inside of me and like cut it loose, bro. Like it sprung out of me. Like remember cocktail franks? How you would boil them up or your mum would boil them up and a couple of them bitches would like explode or split and like go inside out. That's what my fucking hand looked like. And then I just strapped it up and then I woke up and it was like back to normal, bro. I don't know what happened. I'm a medical marvel. Um, you know, shout out to Stan Lee, but dude, that that shit hurt. But we're back at it um, like a bad habit. And I did, yeah, I did press the, the sport button. AFL grand final happened. Geelong won. It was a shit game. And that's sports. Um... I think we do have some, oh shit, we got tons of shit and I've already gone for an hour. All right, hold on. Let's run through this real quick. We're going to go real quick through this shit. Ready? Comedy action horror. Will this movie win an Oscar? Set design, directing, acting like Tinker costumes. This segment is Clay's Reviews. Kevin Hart has a new movie on Netflix with Mark Wahlberg. It's called Me Time. 
And I respect Kevin Hart for going out and collecting bags. I like his last shit, the um, true story thing. That was fine. Um, but this shit has got to stop. Don't put out three movies a year if none of them is going to be good, man. This shit sucked. Uh, it was just trash. It was a dumb story. Um, he's he's not he's either not going for quality anymore, or the people around him are just yes men telling him like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. You should do that. Um, and it's not. And either way, either one of those options, it sucks, man. I get the streaming model, and they need a new movie out every fifteen minutes or whatever. But, but that sucks. And it's time to go back to the classics. I don't want to watch new shit anymore. Unless it's at the theater, man. You need to be putting out good shit. Because that this movie sucks, bro. It sucks. Two out of ten. Um, let's do advice. We need that to no move Lonzo. That ain't no problem. Huh? That ain't no problem. All right, I got three here. This one's coming in from Millie. And the heading is, he ate my ass on date two, then ghosted. Um, and Millie says, I'm a, th- I'm a 34-year-old female and he's a 32-year-old male. I went on two dates with a guy and they went incredibly well. No kiss on date one. He initiated both dates and we had regular communication in between. Lots of shared values and things in common, blah, blah. He walks me home and we start making out and go up to my apartment. And that's when shit got weird. He had this full-on kink side come out. I'm no prude, but the dirty talk coming out of his mouth was so ridiculous I almost had to hide my laughter. The intensity of the kissing and his excitement also seemed to be a bit out of proportion to where we were at with how long we've known each other. We had just one drink each at the bar and then he went to start fingering me and the first place he went to was my butthole, which I was a little surprised by. Asked him to scoot up a couple of inches. Then he started going down on me and gave me a full-on rim job. He turned me around so my ass was facing the bedroom mirror and stared at my asshole in the mirror and spread my cheeks. His arousal was off the charts. Anyway, we didn't have sex. I gave him a blowjob and said I didn't want to go further, though I feel like a rim job on date two is more intense than sex in some ways. (laughs) We'll come back to that, Millie. So that was Wednesday. It's Sunday. Haven't heard a peep from him. Was he just trying to get a little bit of his kink slash freak on and has disappeared to the next one? Is there any chance he's embarrassed and waiting for me to initiate? He could tell I was sort of surprised when we were hooking up. This was just a very intense and bizarre situation I've never been in before and I don't know what to think. Bung, bung. Um, I'll tell you this. You talk shit about this guy and then and then you're still sort of surprised, like worried about why he's not hitting you up. So do you like him or not, Millie? That's a strange that seems strange to me that you're like you want to follow this this ass eater up. But I mean, you know, you know, I, I you know, I don't discriminate and I I don't mind eating a little bit of behind from time to time, but um what was the thing I said I'd respond to later? Oh, oh a rim job on date two is more intense than sex in some ways. Yeah, I'd say in most ways. I'd say, like, sex is pretty, like, standard operating procedure these days if you read the SOPs, you know, all the PBGs. But um, if you're really going to be looking at a Remy on date two and you don't even know, like, the person's sort of shower schedule and shit, that's lit. That's wild. That's wild. I only like to eat a, eat a butt if I've seen the person walk out of the shower. Like, after a night out, I'm not eating butt. And I, I, can, I know you can safely assume that people shower right before they come out on a date, but when they go to the toilet, you don't know what's going on. You don't know if they took a quit, a quick, you know, 60 second shit. You know, I don't want, I don't want booty juice in the pipes when I'm, when I'm going back there. So this motherfucker is really on some sicko shit. So yeah, day two, day two is pretty nutty, man. Day two is pretty nutty. So I agree with you there, but I'm surprised that you, you're like waiting to hear back from this motherfucker. He's, he's really on some, some real, booty shit which is dope man good for him you know i I don't i don't you know don't hate the player but um for him not to call you back after he got you know his crown jewel which is you know obviously your back door uh that seems like he might might may have just been looking for some 
you know, some ATM, bro, ass to mouth. Um, but I would just, if you do, if you, if you enjoyed him, um, he seems a bit unstable, honestly, but if you enjoyed him, get, just hit him up. Maybe he is embarrassed. Maybe he thinks he went too far. Maybe he did see your face when he, in the mirror when he was looking at your asshole. Um, make a joke. Send him a picture of your asshole and say, this, this isn't going to eat itself where you at. You know, WYA, do that. Maybe just send WYA with a picture of your, your anus. Um, something like that could be dope. If that's what, if you're into him, maybe. If it depends on his sense of humor. He seems like a pretty serious dude if he's doing rim jobs on date two. That seems like a real serious move, but um, good for you. I hope I hope you both came. Um, and your name was Millie. I got my first ever TD fuck from a girl named Millie. Uh, shout out to Millie. That was very generous. Um, Will, this one's coming in from Will. Did she lose interest? Had a date last night. Things seemed to be going well. On several jokes, she'd touch my leg briefly while laughing. I kept thinking I should do the same, like find some reason to gently hold her shoulder or something. Hey, bruh, usually you only hold someone's shoulder if you're like, <laughs> you feel like punch them, you're like hold them and you, you fuck them up or you like you hold both their shoulders and you shake the shit out of them. Like what the fuck's wrong with you, bitch, or something like that. Hold shoulder, bruh. You're on some... DV shit. I think you need to settle down. Just touch her leg like she touched you, man. Be cool. Settle the fuck down, William. But there didn't seem to be a good moment for me to do something like that. She also mentioned not wanting to be alone. Asked me about my relationships. When I mentioned when I mentioned I'd been single for a very long time, she asked why. I wasn't sure how to answer that without being super negative, so I kind of brushed off that question. I wanted to stay upbeat and everything. Dude, you gotta think you gotta understand when you go to a date that people are going to ask you questions like that and you got to have that shit prepared. If you're, if you're worried about the real answer, you got to prepare that shit and be like, you know, I've been, I, you know, I've just been focusing on myself. Uh, I wanted to be in a place where I could give all of myself to somebody or I've been, I've been very focused on my career. Now I'm at a place career wise where I feel like I can share myself with somebody um, and, and also be successful. You know, shit like that, dude, just, just fucking fluff it up. God, Will. Fucking virgin. <clears throat> Not too long after that, she quite abruptly said, I have to go now. She said she needed to go home to her daughter. It wasn't even eight yet, and her daughter is 15. That doesn't make sense to me. I guess we'd been at the bar for about two hours, but only had one drink each. I don't know. I thought I'd have more time with her, but then she suddenly ended it. I'm not sure, but I kind of doubt she'd want to go out again. Bruh, two hours on a first date is more than enough, so I think that's good. Um... So maybe she just wanted an excuse to leave after two hours. Some people limit their first dates to two hours. I've heard of that. Uh, my first date with Rachel was about 12 hours, but, you know, we're, we're an anomaly. We've got a kid now, so things are getting pretty serious. Um, um, but, yeah, if you know, maybe she didn't want to be with you later than eight. Maybe she was like, oh, if I'm with him later than eight, he's going to think I'm, he's going to get lucky or whatever. You know, chicks have weird rules, man, so... Anyway, let's finish this. It's the first it's the first date I've been on in two years and I feel like I just failed hard. Either way, no, either she learned something about me she didn't want to deal with or she wanted to, me to reciprocate showing interest, something I was having trouble doing because I couldn't figure out a good way to. Not in those moments at least. I just feel like I did or said something really dumb and I can't figure out what. You're in your head, bro. You're in your head. And the best way to get out of your head is to get in hers. And I don't mean that in the sense of playing a game or being a psycho or like, you know, killing her and eating part of her brain. I'm just saying all you need to do is message her and say, um, hey, it was really nice spending time with you the other night. Sorry if I seem a bit nervous, but I'd love to catch up again. What do you think? And maybe that's too much information. Maybe just ask her out. Maybe just say, are you keen to catch up again soon? How about Friday or whatever? Um, 
you're in your head, man. You got to get out of it by by getting an answer, get some closure. She might be into you. Um, it's hard to say. Like you said, you had a date last night, bro. Like, bro, messenger, messenger, will you know? Um, that's all I can say, really. Just try not to fucking hold her, sold her shoulder, you psycho. That's all I'd say. Get out of your head, man. This one's coming in from Kia or Kaya, K-I-A-H. Um, and I don't say H, I say H. But I said H for you guys. How do I channel my drunk confidence? How do I channel my drunk confidence from Kaya? I'm a ball of anxiety. I'm easily made insecure by random irrational thoughts, a questionable look from a stranger, a giggle across the room. So I'm very much an introvert. I've been moving towards sobriety, but when I'm drinking has been the only time I feel comfortable and stress-free. Even friends have noticed I seem more uncomfortable when I go out. What steps does one take to move for, move towards a more carefree mindset? Love the show. Bung, bung. Um, you're talking to the most socially anxious motherfucker out there, bruh. So I, and I use, I use alcohol to get me through that. So I'm not the best person to, um, send this message to. And Kaya, I'm sorry, Kaya, I don't know if you're a man or a woman, but Kaya sounds like a girl's name, no offense. So I'm going to, I'm guessing that I'm talking to a woman here, which I, I really enjoy. Thank you, Millie and Kaya for writing in, but Kaya, I think it's a girl's name. Who knows, man? But um, the, I, I don't. I, I don't have an answer for you. All I can say is that whoever you think is thinking about you does not give a fuck about you, bro. And that's that's what I have to remind myself of if I have like a bad gig or something, and I'm like embarrassed, and I'm like, oh, people are like going home thinking, fuck, Clay sucks at comedy. He's a loser. He's gay. His parents hate him. He's got a funny looking asshole, you know, he's into eating booty on second dates, you know, but I'm um, sorry, my kid's crying. So I'm going to have to wrap this up, but people do not care about you as much as it feels like. No one, truly, no one gives a fuck about you. And like, like I said, I'm the worst person to be giving this advice because I cannot take it. I always think people looking at me, it fucking drives me wild. I want to kill myself. Um, you just need just just remind yourself of that when you see someone giggling across the room, just be like, they're not even thinking about me. When you say something and you think you sound like an idiot, just be like, no one's going to remember that. No one actually cares. Um, in saying that, I was talking to this fucking idiot the other day, and you should have. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. Um, no one gives a fuck, man, and everything's forgivable. Like. If you've, you, I'm sure you've had conversations with people that you thought were weirdos before and you're not like sitting back remembering and being like, fuck, that dude was a weirdo. Unless it's some fucking psycho like grabbing you by the shoulder and shaking you or something. That's like some real, like, give me your handbag shit. <laughs> this motherfucker Will thinks he's being romantic, grabbing shoulders and shit. Will, you're an absolute fucking sociopath, but I love you. I love everybody. Thank you for listening. Um, tell a friend to tell a friend and as always bung bung